I'm sorry. I'm not going to make you guys do anything crazy, but I'm just really glad you are here. And thank you for coming tonight. And all of you ladies, thank you for coming out. And I know that this time of year is kind of always a little crazy and busy for people. And a lot of years in the past, we always took like November and December off. But this year, we just were like, you know what? Like, we're going to keep going with it. We're going to keep it as a habit and a routine for people to come on the third Thursday of every month. Come here and we'll be here. <laughs> and um, yes, so we, me and Shelby had spoke this week and had some things on our heart that we just wanted to share with you. And to be honest, we're going to keep it short and sweet because we got worship tonight. We got live worship tonight. And then we've got a fun little thing at the end too. So you can't run out of here during worship either. I will chase you down. <laughs> uh, well, Shelby, do you have anything you want to start with first? Well, so Candace and I were just kind of talking, you know, obviously with the season that we're in, it's just craziness. This whole year has just been craziness. And we were talking about um, some of the things that we'd taken on that we just, we should not have taken on and kind of went in the direction of, okay, well, how do we brush that off? How do we get rid of that? Like, what does God tell us to take on instead of X, Y, Z? So um, I don't remember, you were talking about I'll let you tell your verse when you lead in your okay. James verse. Yeah. Um, so a uh, little bit of backstory. If you don't know me, my name's Shelby. Um, so something that I realized a while ago with God was something that I had taken on and needed to take off was this. Uh, I needed to take off my grave clothes. So um, when you look in the Bible, um, the story of Lazarus, when when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and he calls him out of the tomb, he tells the people standing around watching this miracle happen. He's like, okay, unbind him, take off his grave clothes and like set him free. And so, um, just again, backstory on me six and a half years ago, my husband and I, um, had, uh, our middle son and he was born premature and he passed away. Um, and I carried that mourning for a long time. And, you know, God tells us that there, there is a time and a place for mourning and that, um, that is something you definitely need to give honor to. You need to have a funeral. You need to have your time of mourning. You need to honor, honor that person and say their name and, you know, have a funeral, whatever that looks like. And in, as I got to searching things out, like mourning, there's no set time for mourning. It's different for everybody. Um, and there's no shame in that. You know, sometimes in the Bible, they mourned seven days. Um, they mo mourned Moses, I think it was um, 30 days. And um, it, Jacob mourned for Joshua when he thought he'd lost him in the desert when the brothers came back and said, oh, he's dead. He got Joseph. Joseph sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Joseph yeah. Jacob mourned Joseph. Mm -hmm. You know, he mourned him for years. He walked around in his mourning clothes and throwing ashes on his head and and then on the other side of that, Joseph mourned his father for 40 days. So mourning looks different for everybody. But for me, it came to the realization that I was still 
walking around in in my morning clothes and they're heavy and they stink and <laughs> people get tired of being around you when you're morning and you're miserable and whiny and wearing your grave clothes this just for me it's not to put shame on anybody if you are in mourning take your time honor that like don't don't misconstrue that that was just what i felt i needed in the moment um so it got to the point for me where I needed to realize that I needed to take off my grave clothes and instead clothe myself with gladness and clothe myself in joy and um, and praise was praise and worship was a huge part of that for me. I just that was how I found my joy again um, that worship was honestly the only way I walked out of that hospital after everybody else had left and it was just my husband and I there I took a shower and I just stood in the shower and just cried and sang oceans was out at the time. And that was the only song that came to mind. And I just stood in that shower in that hospital room and I just praised and worshiped God and sang and cried oceans at the top of my lungs. And so that was what got me through that time and helped me take off my morning clothes and clothe myself with gladness again. And, um, and that's, just that that was the big realization for me like this season is totally different like there's lots of people mourning there's we're mourning so many different things that we've lost this year so many freedoms and jobs and family members and loved ones kids are mourning their friends and not getting to go to school and so for me that's something that I've really kind of had my finger on is like okay there's a lot of loss going on how do I turn that and flip that to joy and a lot of that has been worship for me. So, Yeah, I know um, there's days where, I mean, we're inundated with information. If you are on social media or if you walk, even you go get your tire fixed at the tire shop. They've got, you know, the news on. And everywhere, I feel like just you can't go anywhere without having it access or having access to it. And there were, like, it's towards, like, right after, you know, everything got shut down and we were walking through that, that was new for all of us. Like that was the one thing that I feel like was so interesting to me is that the entire, whoa, entire world. Good catch. So I knock my tooth out with the mic. That's happened almost before hunkers. Oh my gosh. I am not graceful y'all just so you know. Um, all those years of dance, my mom put me in and this is what you get. (laughs) Um, but that was the interesting thing to me is that I was like, man, if you, maybe if you are like, uh, somebody that lives in the mountains completely off the grid, you have absolutely no idea what's going on. But for the majority of the world, we were all experiencing like the same thing. Like I know for me, I was experiencing a little bit of fear, like probably more, a lot of fear, more fear that I probably wanted to acknowledge just because it was like, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, am I not going to be able to go anywhere? And like, this could kill me. This would kill my kids. Like we, at the time we didn't know what was going on, you know? And then it was like that almost depressive negativity that you're just like, this sucks. Like I am not liking this. Like I'm not scared anymore, but I don't like this. This is not okay and everything. And then it turns to anger. Like, I don't know. Did everybody else go through the anger part where you're just like, like 
I mean, I don't mean to pay, point out Casey, but I mean, you had to drive to the NFR because you couldn't fly like though, <laughs> like anger too. And just, I mean, I went through the full range and there were days where I'm just like, gosh, this just like makes me angry. And then I'd be short with my kids and then it would be short with my husband and everything like that. But there was a time where I just had to like, once I stopped and took my focus off of what everything was going around me that I couldn't control and put it on God who, of course I can't control God, but I can trust God. Like everything else out here is uncertain. Everything else out here is like your doubt will just run rampant and everything out here. But when I look at God and I can remember what he's done for me in the past, I remember that, you know, he's come through for us in these times that, maybe did not look good or in our favor whatsoever. And he would come through for us. That was the time that I was just like, I have to, I have to put my trust in him. I have to look towards him because he is consistent. Even when this world is not consistent, he is consistent and he is trustworthy. Even when politicians are not trustworthy or the media is not trustworthy, like he is trustworthy. So for me, that was something like through those range of emotions, when I could come back to who he was and what his word says and what his promises are, they are, they are, that means they're for now. Like I, when I just said that I was about to say were, but I was like, no, they are, they are right now. And he's the God of right now, not, and I pointed this out. And when I preached a couple weekends ago, he, the, the Israelites knew God in Egypt as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew about him. He was back then. But God wanted to show up to the Israelites right there through Moses as their God right now, their rescuer, their savior, the person that would lead them out of slavery and into the promised land. So that's something that I think I grew up in kind of a dead religion that God did these things or God would do these things if you did bad or anything like that. But that's not who God is. He is the God of now, right now. And he is a good, good God. And just to know his character helps you take the focus off of what all the craziness is going around, even from stuff that, sorry, I don't mean to just like keep chattering, but there's certain people where I'm, I'm like, man, like, yeah, like I followed the stuff that they've talked about in the past. And it was amazing, good stuff that I'm like, I, I agree with what they preached or what they prophesied or anything like that. But right now listening to them freaks me out. Like, just to be honest, like I can't, <laughs> I can't. And then I get into God's word and it's so relevant for right now. Like the most recent prophecy from this, you know, from some publicized prophet is not going to be as relevant as God's word for the situation that you're in right now and that we're all in right now. So always go to him first, go to this first over that person that you were like, man, like they should have it all together. Like they're still going to be behind what God's doing. Like they're going to be lagging behind. So I know we talked too about like, um, and man, I don't want to take it over your, no, no, no. Verse, I want you to like, go like, yeah, like go. with Moses and pastor Mark mm-hmm. talked about this this weekend where Moses came down from talking to God and his face was lit up with, mm. you know, from being face to face with God and yeah. the people didn't want, It scared him. They made him put a veil over his face. And then when he would go back up the mountain face to face with God again, he would take that veil off. So kind of 
piggybacking off of what Pastor Mark said, like we need to go with that bright, shining face where we are and just like change, change the atmosphere wherever we go. And that's again, part of what I realized is that I was not changing the atmosphere around me for God's glory. I was taking my morning with me and I was changing things kind of not having a pity party, but I was just kind of, eh, you know, going through life that way. So instead like changing, changing the atmosphere around us for the good and for God's glory and yeah, taking that joy with you instead mm -hmm. of the attitude. <laughs> That rolled off really well. Good job. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like letting that roll off with her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite get the southern twang like she does, though. Well, and I was reading in uh, Philippians this morning, and it was Paul writing it from prison. And I mean, those are like prison conditions back there, I'm sure, were not even what they are now. Like, <laughs> definitely no, no Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he was talking about like how he was glad he was where he was at because that allowed him to write all these letters to all these churches. And plus he talked about the, the, um, guards knowing why he was there and that he was like, I'm here because I'm, I am sold out, surrendered to Jesus and you can't shut me up. You can throw me in prison, but you're all going to know about my savior and I'm going to preach to every single one of you and you're, and I'm going to bring the presence of God into this jail cell wherever I go. And I don't know, me and my girls and my husband, um, we have listened to this. I talk about it all the night time, but it's like this Navy SEALs kind of like motto or I don't know, but it's called the good mentality. So anything that comes at you. Like it's good. And, um, say you lose your job. Well, good. Now you can get into what you really want to do and you can buckle down and you can, maybe you go get a low paying job that maybe you have to, that humbles you good. Or maybe you have to sell your house because it's just not right for your family right now. Well, good. You can get this lower paid house or this lower, you know, expensive house. I'm not talking well tonight. A cheaper house, <laughs> a less expensive house that you can pay off sooner or something like that. Like, and that's, yes. And that's how God sees every situation is he makes good. It says in his word that he turns, um, everything to good for those who love him. And I, I, that's God's mentality is that he looks at situations and he calls them good because he sees the goodness and things. And I love, I'm keep looking at Casey cause she's in the front row, but I loved, I'm just, can I talk about what happened in Texas? Like with the RV, like she, they're driving back from the NFR in Texas and their RV gets broken into at like a truck stop or something or cracker barrel. Seriously. That's like Chick-fil-A parking lot practically <laughs> like, and she's just like, I mean, in her Facebook post, like you could, I'm sure I would be like, ah, like what happened? But she's just like, you know, like at least just stuff. Yeah. It's just stuff. And like, she had a good mentality to that. So I just point that out because no matter what, if we get with God and we're walking with him, we're going to start thinking like him. And he promises his word says that he wants to take us from glory to glory. He can transform our thought life. And that was something that I wanted to point out is just to, 
really combat like bad attitudes is kind of was the the topic that we were just going to chat on tonight. And um, uh, I was reading in Philippians again is that Philippians in 2.14, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm sorry, I got to get to it though, um, is that this is where um, those the table helps, huh? 2.14. Live <laughs> a cheerful life. This is the Passions Translation. So it's Philippians 2.14, live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. And I just, like I said, God's word is so relevant for exactly what we need right now in this instant. And I mean, those words were penned thousands of years ago. And how cool is it that it lines up with exactly how, as um, believers, we're walking today. But so we can combat that that feeling of like, man, everything is happening to me. Everything bad is happening. Or this is happening. Or they're closing this. And all of these things is that when being joyful and being happy and being cheerful, it's a choice. And joy lives inside of you. If you're a born-again believer, I believe that it it lives inside of you because that's part of Holy Spirit. But being happy and being cheerful is a choice. Like, sometimes you just got to put a smile on your face and, honey, you just got to do it. Like, there's no, I don't know, like, take that sourpuss face off. <laughs> you called it something else the other day. And Christy's like, what's that RBF? <laughs> <laughs> or you walk around looking like you just sucked on a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> Ticked off all the time. Yeah. And so, I mean, just pointing that out again. So live cheerful. So that's a choice. Like choose to be cheerful um, without complaint. I heard somebody, it was a while back, but complaining is like the language of the enemy and praising and worshiping is the language of God. And so whenever we complain, we're speaking the language of the enemy. He's like, oh, yeah, she's speaking my language. I'm going to keep going with that. I'm going to keep, you know, putting all of this stuff in front of her because she's speaking my language. She's lining up with what my words are. And my words are all lies. And my words are all confusion. So complaining, mm -mm, not good. And I'm pointing at myself when I say that. <laughs> um, without division, that's another one. And oh my goodness, like division is rampant in the world that we're living in right now, even amongst the church. And so this is my two cents is just don't speak bad about anybody. Even if you're like, oh man, did you hear about what they did last week or anything like that? Don't, if you, when you speak badly about anybody, that causes division. And I mean, you can definitely say like, man, I'm not okay with this kind of fruit. I'm not okay with this kind of action. You can, de you have every right to point out that that's not godly or anything like that. But when we start trampling on other, especially other believers, like that does nothing but divide. Um, and it just says live, then we will be innocent, faultless, and pure. And I did like a big kind of swirl thing, like encircled it. And then it says without hypocrisy. And I feel like when we are walking in cheerfulness and joy and without complaint, and without division, we are innocent, faultless, pure, which is means that we're without hypocrisy. And like, I don't know about you, but that 
for as a mom, <laughs> like saying something and then not doing it, not living by example is like the worst thing for my kids. Cause they are so good at seeing it. Like they, they see it and then they're like, mom, you know, and we are so the same way. <laughs> like you lose all credibility when you're a hypocrite. This is how it is. <laughs> and I know we've all been there. Like, that is not something that we're all innocent from. So, yeah. Do you have anything? Go for it. Shut I don't know. I, I just keep going back to, like, trying to, like, focus on the good. Because whatever you look Oops. for, you will find, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like, God promises us beauty for ashes. Again, I keep going back to the morning thing. But, like, beauty for ashes. And that, that song's been rolling around for a while now, too. Like, and joy for mourning and like God has so many promises for us that just, I just have to settle in on those and take those on every day. Even if it's just starting my day with, you know, okay, I woke up grumpy or, you know, woke up tired. Like, okay, I need to take that off because Holy Spirit can energize me more than anything. If I just wake up and worship, you know, (laughs) so I have to like keep that going. And another thing like this, like you said, the fear right now has been so, around us that fear has been really easy to take on and take on people's doubts and words and anger and everything else. And I just have to remember like this, this is not my forever home. Like I have promises that I get to go to heaven and just all of this will be gone. All that junk will be gone. Like yeah. remembering that and I don't know, I, mm-hmm. just kind of focusing on those promises yeah. that what to replace the bad attitude with every day. Oh my gosh. Well, and we were talking about, we mentioned James one twenty two, but I'll just talk about it. And it's the, the verse that, um, where it says that a man goes and looks at his reflection in a mirror or in the water. I don't know if it's like different in different translations. And then he walks away and he forgets how he looked. And so many times as, uh, believers, we read the word and then we walk back out into the world and we're, you know, smacked in the face with these things that were like, gosh, darn it. And we forget what God's word said. And when they talk about that, we see our reflection, um, that translates into how God sees us as pure and, um, without sin, without fault. He sees us as Adam and Eve were before the fall. That's what that reflection means is that we get to see ourselves as God sees us. And he sees us that way because Jesus died for us. So we are, our, our, our slate is clean. Um, and so I think sometimes we, we go to church on Sunday and we get like all pumped up and pastor Lynette preaches this amazing word. And we're just like, I'm so ready for this week. I'm going to go into my workplace and I'm going to change the atmosphere. And then it hits us, you know, like we get to work or we're driving to work. I always felt this when I worked at a certain job and I was just like on the drive there. It's just like that same feeling every single time we're just like, ah, I just don't want to go there right now. But I think that's where prayer can lead us in worship. You know, instead of listening to maybe the news on the way into town or the 
a podcast maybe that you've been listening, like put, just put some worship music on and just start worshiping because that helps change that atmosphere in your heart right away. And then you can walk into that. So that's just like one little thing too. Um, this was another thing that was in Philippians 4 that I was reading and it says, tell God every detail of your life. So again, that's a passion translation. So it sounds probably a little bit different than what you think. But when I heard that, when I read that, it says, tell God every detail of your life. I wrote in parentheses, write it out. And I don't know about you, but like if you've ever kept a prayer journal and you write out what you're praying for right now or how you're feeling, God can handle your doubts and your fears. Like you don't need to clean it all up before you bring it to God in prayer. Like bring the mess and the dirt and the fear and the doubts to him because he can handle it. Like he wants it. He wants you to just dump it out all on him because he knows how to handle it well and he knows what to fill you up with and he knows what to replace that with so write it down i just highly encourage you because i was just reading since we're coming up on that new year as reading back through my prayer journal of january how naive i was in january <laughs> like oh like i'm praying for these little things and then march hits it's like <laughs> you should go back if you kept a journal or anything in january go look <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> really. So full of hope. I know. <laughs> Vision for 2020. Like past. <laughs> no, but I, we were talking about it. We we're all three talking about it is that 2021 is coming up and everybody's like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Like farewell 2020. Like, you know, there's every single little meme out there that talks about they can't ready, wait for 2020 to be over. But here's the deal. Turning the page in a calendar does nothing if you are not changed. If you do not come into 2021 or who, why even wait for 2021? I don't even know how many more days we got of this year, but it can happen right now tonight. And that's what we really wanted to, I mean, have you guys go home with is that we're going to bring worship up here. And this is a time for you to lay all the stuff down. Maybe there's things that I know for me, there's days where like I get to like two o'clock in the afternoon and I feel like my shoulders are like in my ears because I've been tight like all day long. Like everybody like shake it out. But like, I didn't even know I was stressed, but I'm sitting there going, goodness, like I can feel that I'm not taking like deep breaths. I didn't drink a lot of water today. I'm short with my kids or whatever. And um, sometimes God is just like, hey, that self-awareness, that feeling that you have in there, that's you holding on to stuff that you can't control anyways, and you need to, like, lay it at my feet. And so we – do you have something more? I was just going to say, like, we can uh, – Not really. I just kind of – like you were going into just kind of the stuff that we need to take off versus, mm -hmm. like – what we can put on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've got a fun little project. Maybe after, after worship, after we'll worship, we'll tell you, yeah. but, um, we're going to turn the lights down and I just highly encourage you. These two songs that we're going to be playing are, we, we really put a lot of thought into what we were going to talk about tonight. And these songs line up exactly with what we talked about, but then they also lead you into like just the feet of the father, like come up here. If you feel like you want to like, just come in, like sit down in front or anything like that. I just like, I encourage you to get in the posture of surrender, whatever that is to you. Some, it may just be sitting in your seat like you totally are, and, it's, and it is a totally a heart, can, a heart position.
But if you need to make a physical, physical posture, like I totally support you in that too. I just, it was on our hearts to do that this time for you guys. So I'm really excited. Um, Christy and I are going to sing these two songs and, and then please don't take off after worship because we got a really fun little project that it won't be, I won't make you like do weird things kind of, but it'll be fun. It'll be so. fun. Father God, we just thank you for every single woman that is here tonight, God, that you created her in your image and that she is fearfully and wonderfully made, Father. And you wove into her your your strength, um, your power, um, your glory, and you just wrapped her up in this amazing package of you. And I just pray that every woman just really understands that she was created um, to show just a beautiful facet of, of your character, God. And I pray that wherever she goes this week, Lord, that she would just bring um, your presence into the atmosphere. And I pray that if there's any shame that maybe she's felt or is feeling or um, maybe there's fear and there's still doubt and uh, maybe there's hopelessness or there's just uncertainty and that just makes her stay in this spot that she just can't step forward, Father. I just pray that you would meet her right now in that moment and just lift her out of it, Father, that she would just see your hand and she would just grab a hold of it, Father, and just receive your strength and receive your faith, Father, that you would build her up in your faith, God. This is how. So I feel like you're seeing whenever you are looking around you, you're seeing bills come in or you're seeing phone calls that maybe you're not wanting to get or you're seeing those haters maybe on social media or you're seeing you know, just continuous um, stuff come against you wherever you at, are at. It could be in your job, in your family, just in your spiritual walk, anything right now. That's what you're seeing with your physical eyes. But God is saying, look to me and I want to show you what I am surrounding you with. And just like it was Elijah that told his servant boy, go out and look. And he went out and looked, and he saw the armies coming against him. And he saw just, I mean, the enemy just out for as far as he could see. And then God opened his eyes. Elijah told him, open your eyes. And he looked around on the mountaintops and he saw God's angels surrounding him. That is what God has placed around each one of you. If you are walking and following after Jesus, if he, if you have said yes to him, that doesn't mean that maybe you got baptized as a baby or you got sprinkled as a baby and you think you're good. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and savior, girls, you got that opportunity tonight and God promises that he will go before you, that he will fight your battles. And you know what? His ways don't look like what the world does. But his ways are so much better than what we could ever do because we are weak (laughs) and we are infallible and we are imperfect and we are dumb in many ways. 
but God is so good and he is so strong and he is so powerful. And he put that in his son that died for us, for you, for me to let that live through us. That's his power. That's his explosive power. And that lives inside of you. So each of us ladies tonight, I'm just going to lead us through something. And if you want to just pray that with me, then we're going to open it up and we're going to have a lot of fun. So don't leave yet. Hope I don't scare y'all. But if this is the first time that you're saying this tonight, that's okay. But if this is something that you are just declaring, just remind yourself. You know what? It's okay to remind yourself. Father God, I believe that your son died for me. That a man who walked in absolutely no sin that came down from heaven into the form of a man, into humanly form, that walked a perfect life, that did not deserve to die, but chose to die so that I could live forever with you, Father, so that your Holy Spirit would be placed inside of me, that I could live right here and right now in this world with your Holy Spirit powerful inside of me. And Father God, I accept Jesus' sacrifice on that cross. I accept him as my Lord and Savior, and I make him my Lord and Savior. And that means that I may have to lay down. I do need to lay down some things that maybe I've put in that place, Father, and I lay them down at your feet right now. I lay my fears and my worries and my control and manipulations or anything that I think that I have to do in order to survive in this world, I lay them at your feet because your son placed his life inside of me. And I just thank you for that, God, and I accept that right now, and I accept every promise that you have for me, and I will go forward living that way, God, living loved by you, Father. And I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And everybody just let out a sh- huge shout, amen. Woo! Praise God. Amen.